We did a, a little study on meeting Pete. For those of you who weren't here in the beginning, we got to meet Pete, and he's quite the man, isn't he? He's a hoot. I can hardly wait to meet him when we get to heaven because, uh, you know, he, he is uh, the most rebuked disciple that Jesus rebuked, right? And he's the most praised disciple, right? I mean, you know, he was the most rebuked and the most praised, right? He was the most talked about disciple. He was the leader of all the apostles. Okay, just by nature, you know, he was a leader. And then, and then the Holy Spirit came into him at Pentecost and he stood up and he preached and 3,000 souls plus women and children came to know Jesus Christ that very day. How cool is that? So we know all about Pete in his walking with Jesus days and then we know all about Pete as he was filled with the Holy Spirit, which really speaks to me because uh, we how long Colleen were we in James two two years was it two years okay about two, two oh, revelation, two. revelation two Peter was like James James me James okay all right you're right you're right so I went through summer too right so it was what about two years okay not quite okay so we were in James and and James I love the book of James, because James is the half-brother of Jesus, okay? And, remember, Jesus is born first, virgin birth, just making sure you guys remember that, okay? Then James came next, a couple other brothers, then a bunch of sisters, okay? So, James, half-brother of Jesus, walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, right? Was with Jesus, lived with Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, saw him be a carpenter, saw him, you know, lay down at night and go to sleep, ate together with Jesus, and guess what? He never knew Jesus. He never knew Jesus as a Savior until Jesus died, rose again, and he came back in his resurrected body, and James is like, Son of God, the Son of God, the Savior. There's always a point where you think you're walking along, walking along, and you know what? Yep, yep, yep. Always known Jesus, grew up in church, this, this, this. But there needs to be a point in your life where you go, Oh! Son of God takes away the sin of the world for me. He becomes your Savior. He becomes your Savior. And Peter, the same way. The same way. Apostle, chosen, second after Andrew, his brother. Fisherman, always use the the fisherman analogies. Instead of being a fisherman of fish, he was a fisher of men, right? And he continued to walk. And then he came to know Jesus personally and passionately and powerfully and preeminently over his life when the Holy Spirit entered him at the day of Pentecost. That's what happens when you ask Jesus to come into your heart to save you, right? <coughs> Knowledge to conviction to commitment, receiving him as your gift, right? And so First Peter is a letter that he wrote to Christians, okay, that had come to Christ at Pentecost, Okay, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was, was, when the disciples were waiting up in the upper room, okay, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, okay, that is when uh, Peter stood up and spoke and preached, okay, now these people come to Christ and then they went home to their homes, and now Peter is writing to all Christians, including us, but he mentions them here because they've gone home to their own homes and now they feel alone, they feel neglected, they feel like strangers, they feel rejected because now they're lovers and followers of Jesus Christ, okay, and, and they're all alone. But then Peter tells them, oh no, 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 you have this rich inheritance in Jesus Christ. You are not alone. You will never be alone. And so... And so Peter is able to uh, share with them, because remember, this is during the Neronian Empire, when Christians are being terribly persecuted. They're being used as, um, you know, gas torches for parties, etc. And, and they're being persecuted. And so they see this all around them, and they realize, oh, you know what? Oh, that's right. That's right. It's Jesus Christ who lives in me. So he says, as he starts First Peter 1, He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, unabashedly says that, to God's elect, strangers in the world, meaning those are chosen, we are chosen before the foundation of the world because he loves us, in the world scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, meaning he knew before, right? Foreknowledge of God, he is what? Omniscient, omnipresent, and what? There's one more O. Omnipotent, right? 
Got it? And his omniscience, right, is his foreknowledge, okay? Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling of his, by his blood. Right there we've got the doctrine of what? The Trinity, right? There is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Trinity is never mentioned by word you know, in the uh, Gospels, okay, or, or I should say in the Bible, but... You know, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and he brings it in here immediately at once. Genesis 1-1 talks about it as well, when they were all there at creation, okay? Because they've always been together, right? Always been together in eternity past, and they always will be eternity future when we're with them as well. You know, most of our life is going to be spent in eternity, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I can hardly wait. Oh, Lord. Okay. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Okay. Speaking to both Jews and Gentiles. So he uses common words. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Okay. Grace, uh, he says to the, to Charis, which is Charis, to the Greeks and peace, which is Shalom, to the Jews. Be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Imperishable. Incorruptible. Okay? Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I think there's some birth pangs going on about right now, but... Everybody always thought they were living in the last time. You know that, don't you? Last time has always started. Last, the last time started when Jesus came to earth. That's when last time started. Okay? And every generation since then has thought they have lived in the last times. Okay? Just like now, I think I live in the last times. Okay? Because you know, I just watched this geology show, which is not me. Okay? And I am, was totally mesmerized because usually these earthquakes that are, now they've said it's nine. Not an 8.9, which, by the way, is one and a half times worse than an 8.9. One and a half times worse than an 8.9 is a 9, okay? And, and they, they said this is once every 100 years. In the last 10 years, in the last 10 years, they've had five 8.0s and above. It ha- it's supposed to happen every 100 years. I'm like, oh, yeah. When you have a baby, those birth pangs get closer and closer and bigger and bigger, don't they? That's what the Lord says. It's birth pangs, right? Just like, wow, Lord. Wow. Okay. In the last time, shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed, revealed in the last time. In this, meaning what he just talked about, our salvation, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious what? Joy. Joy, right? Joy is not based on our what? On our feelings. It's not based on our happenings, right? Happiness is based on our happenings. Joy is based on a solid relationship of the foundation of Jesus Christ alone, right? Joy is Jesus Christ alone in your relationship, right? And at our home, we always go J-O-Y. J stands for Jesus, O is for others, and Y is for yourself. And if you keep it in that order, Jesus, others, and yourself, you have joy. If you, if you switch it around, excuse me, yourself, others, and Jesus, you're a yaj in our home. <laughs> in our home. Very much so, and everybody can use it. Mom, I think you're being rather yaj-like. Oh, do you? What, what, what do you think, hon? I, I just think you're sort of putting yourself first there. Oh, all right. Let's talk about that, right? It, it stops you. It stops you. It's a really great thing. Because joy is when you have 
it in correct order because it's based in your relationship in him and it's inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith the salvation of your souls concerning this salvation the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you meaning the old testament okay searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstance to which the spirit of christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of christ and the glories that would follow It was revealed to them, meaning the prophets, that they were not serving themselves but you. When they spoke of the things that they have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you, the apostles, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even what? Angels Angels long to look into these things. Okay? Even angels long to look into these things. Now, last week we were were in uh, uh, three, four, and... Five, and we were finding out. We were finding out how, just how incredible it is that we are we are saved now. We are being saved, and we will continue being saved. And it will come to a point where the salvation will be revealed. Christ will be revealed. Right? It's saved for us in heaven. Okay? We are going to be in heaven. More than we are ever going to be here. This is a little blip dot on the line. We're going to be in heaven forever and ever 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 and ever. And I can't even get my mind around that. Okay? But that's where we're going to be. And we're going to be for the King of King, and it's saved for us in heaven. That's where we walk by faith now, and then our eyes become our sight. Right? Then, right? Right? And so we walk, we're saved once, and we keep being saved, and then the salvation is revealed for us, right? As we're in heaven, or if he comes and gets us, right? Oh yeah, can I hear hallelujah? Oh yeah, or if he comes and gets us. All right, so with that, with that, we were studying this last week. Uh, the Lord really impressed on me that I want you to know the inheritance we have, this in- incorruptible inheritance, okay, that we have in Jesus Christ right now. Not when we get to heaven. Okay, because your eternal life started the second you asked Jesus Christ into your heart. Okay, bam, that's your eternal life started right then. And he wants you to live with the joy inexpressible, glorious joy, right? He wants you to continue to walk in that peace that passes all understanding. He wants you to live life to the full, abundant life. That's what he has for us. And he started the second you said yes to him, received him as a gift. And your inheritance is now. Okay, and I want you to live on that faith now. Not on your feelings, but on your faith now. Knowing that in incorruptible inheritance we have right now in Jesus Christ. Okay, so now based on that, <coughs> I have this incredible book that I love that I pray scripture through. Because when you're praying scripture, will he answer that? Yeah, because it's his words, right? You're agreeing with him, okay? All right, so what I want you to do is I, I want us to look at some of these verses. And as we go through these verses, I want you to see what the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ is, okay? What our identity is now and our inheritance is now in Jesus Christ. You're going to walk out of here floating on a cloud. Because, you know, in the real world, but floating on the crowd, living life to the full, because this is for us now. Okay? We are called overcomers because he's what? Overcome the world. Right? And so this is just a part of it. All right? So get your little sword out and see if we can find these tonight. All right? And I want you to uh, have a little action here. All right? Because as we're going through this, okay, and then after we find out what he's speaking about, that I'm going to share just a, a very short prayer and just commit that to us, okay, from him, all right? So the first one is, uh, let's see, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and then Ephesians 5, 8. Let light shine out of darkness, right? Made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of who? Christ, in the face of Christ, okay? I want you to go to one more verse with this because I want you to see our inheritance with this. Ephesians 5, 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Okay. I read nine. Excellent. Excellent. That, that's the same, okay? Okay, what is our identity here? What's our inheritance? Who are we in Christ? 
We are the light of the world. Excellent. Ding, 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 ding. If I had a star, I'd give it to you, Linda. Okay, you guys, we are the light of the world. Do you understand that? Shining, shining your light in our hearts, right? His light in our hearts to give us the knowledge of Christ, right? So that we are actually the aroma of Christ, right? We are his light. We Oh, look it, she's got a star. Oh, that's excellent. Four. Uh, no, five. Five, eight. Ephesians five, eight, okay? So we are the light of the world. Okay, are you following this? You guys, everywhere you go, you're light. Everywhere you go. Your light. And guess what happens is, when you go into a really dark area, what happens with light? It brightens the darkness. It brightens the darkness. Light, if it was perfectly dark in here, and we just even had a match, right? And you, and you lit it in here, it pushes back what? Darkness. We are here as his light, pushing back darkness. You guys, that's because we're in Christ. He's our light. He's the light of the world, right? And he's in us. So we are light, okay? I want you to know that now, that we are light, okay? All right, let's, let's just thank him for that for a second, all right? Let's just thank him for that, okay? Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, I, I just want to thank you for making your light shine in our hearts to give us the knowledge of Christ. And Lord, I thank you that that brings you glory. It's the glory of God. Thank you for making us light in him. Let us walk then, Lord God, in that light. Thank you for that inheritance. Jesus' name? Amen. 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 We are light, okay? Now the next one. I want to go to the next one, okay? Uh, Colossians 1.13. For he, meaning Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, did you, did you read that? Did you hear me? What does it say? For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. All right? What is our inheritance in that? In Christ? Taking us out of the darkness into the light into the kingdom of Jesus. Exactly what he said. We're, we're rescued, right? We are rescued. Okay? We were once in darkness and now we are no longer. Okay? We are rescued, okay? He rescued us from darkness, brought us into the kingdom of God. Okay? That's in our, our inheritance. Now, rescued. Okay, who doesn't love being rescued? You guys, did you have seen this stuff in Japan? Have you seen what's going on? Have you seen people rescued? Did you see that guy out on the boat, eight, nine miles out in the ocean, and he was rescued? Did you see him? He's wait. Who doesn't want to be rescued? We have already been rescued out of darkness. Right? Out of dark, you could say it a little louder at least. Amen. There you go. All right. Out of dark, she goes, Amen. But we are rescued. We're absolutely rescued out of darkness. And when you think of that, He's already done that for us. And here we are. And most of us didn't even know it until He just went. In other words, we weren't sitting on the little side of the house roof going, Hey, hey. Right? No, He's the initiator and He kept coming after us. And we have that right now. That's our incorruptible inheritance. Let's thank him that for a minute. Lord, we thank you for absolutely rescuing us from that dominion of darkness and bringing us into the kingdom by Jesus, by your son, Lord. Wow, into that kingdom of light. And we are so thankful. Thank you for, you know, we can rejoice in the inheritance of the saints, Lord, and who we are in you, anyone who believes in you. And so we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You do know that we are either a saint or we're an ain't. Excellent. You're either a saint or an ain't. Okay? A saint saint is someone who knows Jesus, right, as their Savior. An ain't, not yet. Right? You're either a saint or an ain't. You don't, like, become a saint. Right? You are a saint in Christ. Okay? All right. I know we always put, like, saints up on pillars, but we're either saints or ain'ts. That's how it works. All right? So there's two. Okay, now let's go to another one. All right, let's go to Romans 3, Acts, Romans 3, 21, and 22. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. 
for all those who believe what's their inheritance? Excellent. Righteousness. Righteousness. That means we're what? What? Right. But what exactly? What does that mean? We're right with God. Exactly. Righteousness of God. Meaning that we're right with God. Okay? Now, do we get right with God uh, when we get to heaven? No. No. We get right with God through Jesus Christ here. That's our inheritance. Okay? That's our inheritance now. Alright? It's not when we get there. I love that our inheritance starts now. See, the inheritance with the prodigal son, that was a whole different thing. Remember, he tried to take his inheritance from his dad and then he went and squandered the whole thing, right? And then he had to come to his senses and come back, right? That's not the type of inheritance. We already are living the incorruptible inheritance that we have in him. Now and forever. It never, ever goes away. So we are right with God, right? That's our incredible inheritance that we have in him, okay? And so it's, it's that new righteousness in Jesus Christ to that. So let's thank him for that in Romans, okay? Lord, we come to you and we thank you that you have given us this incredible new right with God righteousness through our faith in Jesus. And Lord, I just ask that you would allow all of us who believe to experience that they're right with you, to know that they're right with you, to, you know, to, to confess their daily sins and just be able to walk right with you because they're right with you and what you did on the cross. And so, Lord, I thank you that your grace through Jesus Christ did it all for us. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. John 3.16. Okay? John 3.16. Okay. Somebody will get a star if you know it by heart. So love the world that he gave his only begotten son that who go ahead so what is he saying there in John 3.16 what's their inheritance in that okay eternal life okay giving us his son right giving us his son that's that's our inheritance is his son that he gave us his son and we will absolutely live in that eternal life that's john 3:16 so let's let's thank him for that lord we thank you for giving us your son and for enabling us to believe in you lord to have eternal life because you're doing it all you're the one who absolutely is the initiator and then you just run after us lord and you satiate us and I, I, how can we ever thank you lord jesus enough for the gift of your son and then the faith to receive him i mean you even give us the faith you give us a measure of faith and so god we thank you for that oh may, may our lives just reflect you in adoration and praise for your wonderful grace. And we give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Romans 4, verse 5. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Okay, read that one more time. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Whoa. What's, what's our inheritance there? What, what is our absolute new identity there? Who is he justifying? We're wicked. We're wicked. Thank you, Karen. We are wicked. We are absolutely wicked. Okay? In other words, there is no, there is no righteousness in us. Right? There is none. What, what does it say? In the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, it says in Jeremiah. Who can know it? Okay? And so we are wicked. Okay? We are wicked. And he justifies the wicked. Justifies means what, guys? Help me with that big word. Just as if we never sinned. Right. He looks at us just as if we never sinned. That's a real easy one to do. Justified, right? Just as if you never sinned. He looks at us like we've never sinned, even though we're wicked. Even though we're wicked, Okay? who by faith put our trust in him. Okay? So he's justifying the wicked because it says we're declared righteous right through faith in him. Right? So so our inheritance because of our faith is in him even though we're what? Wicked. Even though we're wicked. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't come to know Jesus Christ personally and passionately and powerfully until I was 31 years old. 
Nobody had to tell me I was wicked. Because I was wicked. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you something. I, I, you know, this is not something to boast. I boast in Jesus Christ only in his crucifixion and his death and his resurrection and what he did for me because I'm so forgiven. And that's why I'm so loved. I, I love much because I'm so forgiven much. But man, I, nobody had to tell me I was a sinner. Nobody had to tell me I was wicked because I knew I was. On the other hand, my husband thought he was good. Thought he was good. He was raised good enough. His mom told him, you're great. In fact, when he came to Christ, uh, it's a long story, but you know, I, I wouldn't date him until he came to Christ. It was a very long story. We, we, we only dated with my mom at Christian outings. With Josh McDowell, I would drive. My mom would sit in the front seat and Brian would sit in the back. The man must have been desperate. We married 23 years. Hallelujah. be 24 soon. And, uh, and I am telling you, Nobody had to say, hey, Margot, you know what? Here's, here's Jesus. Here's a better way. He, he, he died for you. Okay? One, it was just like, because I was such a sinner. I, I was so wicked. Brian, on the other hand, like his mom said about him, oh, I didn't think he was that bad before. Yeah. You know, I didn't think he was that bad before. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Those who have forgiven much, love much. Because it's not cheap grace. It's not cheap grace. So uh, I remember when Brian came to the point of telling his mom, Oh, Mom, we're all desperately wicked. Your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. How, who could know it? Only, only Christ could. And that blew her mind. That just you know, absolutely blew her mind. Thankfully, you know, both his mom and dad uh, have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. But that was something that they just grew up. They were good. How many of you guys grew up thinking, oh, I'm good. I'm good, right? I'm just good. You know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, in the balance of everything, that, you know, God looks at it and says, oh, you know what? Margo's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Oh, sometimes not. Other times. But on the day she dies, whoa, I hope the balance goes this way. Right? Right? I mean, how is that to live? It's awful. That's not what he has for us. Right? But he, we were wicked and he justified us. That's our inheritance. While we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us, right? There's our inheritance. How we walk in that, knowing that we were wicked as can be. And he goes, nope, I love you. I love you enough to send my son. There's your inheritance. The incorruptible inheritance that's saved for you in heaven. Okay, let's go to the next one. Okay, uh, Romans 5, 1. We're still in Romans. Good old Paul writing Romans. Romans 5, 1, and then John 14, 27. So, I have Romans 5, 1. Let me read that. Therefore, since we have been, there's that word again, just as if we never sinned, justified through faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Okay. What do we have with God? Peace. Peace. We have peace with God. Okay? Because we're justified. He looks at us as if we've never sinned. There's our inheritance. Right? Incorruptible. That we have peace with God. Now, can you have peace with God any other way other than through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross? No. No. There is no peace with God. He is just and he is loving. He can't be more loving than he is just. He can't be more just than he is loving. Right? That's who he is. You wouldn't want a wishy-washy God, would you? You want to be, You know who he is and what he stands and who he is and this is the way, the truth, and the life and nobody comes to the Father except through me and guess what? You follow my way and everything I have for you, abundant life, guess what? The peace of God that transcends all human understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Philippians says... Whoa. Peace of God. Okay. As you're walking through your circumstances, right? You're walking through your circumstances. Do you have peace of God? Do you have that peace with God? Right? As you're walking through, he's your deliverer, right? Charles Stanley uses this incredible uh, example that has changed my life. That if you have your circumstances here 
and Jesus is out here. You have a warped view of Jesus Christ. You are looking at him through your circumstances. Okay? If you switch your hands and Jesus is right here and he's your focal point, now you realize that everything that happens happens for your good and for his glory because he allows everything to happen and it's sifted through him and here's the circumstances so that we can become conformed to the likeness of his son. Isn't that great? Okay? It's not circumstances and Jesus out here wallowing and wasting away out here and we're looking at our circumstances with a big old pity party for ourselves. It's Jesus here and he has allowed our circumstances for our good and his glory. Okay, That's the peace with God that you will have as you walk through whatever he is. Because that's, he's the deliverer. He will either deliver you out of it, or he will deliver you in it. But he will deliver you. And so, our inheritance, right now, okay, I don't know about you, but I love walking in peace with God. Because, you know what, the world is looking pretty rocky right now, okay? But man... When you're standing on the foundation of Christ and you're walking in that peace with God, there's nothing better. That's our inheritance in Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Okay? So write that down. Peace with God. Right? All right, let's go to the next one. Um, let's, uh, let's see. Romans 5, 5. Okay? Do you want John 14, 27? Oh, yes, hon, that says peace, too. Thank you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Excellent. I do not give you... As the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen. Thank you very, very much for reading that. Absolutely. Uh, we didn't read 5-5, five, five, did we? No, no. Okay, yes, you may. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Aha! What is your incorruptible in Christ there? We have hope. hope. And it's given through the Holy Spirit, right? And hope doesn't what? doesn't disappoint. You guys, when you have hope, there's no disappointment. Okay, when there is hope, when, you guys, when there is no hope, there is, it's somber, there's disappointment everywhere, it, it, it's tragic. It's tragic. But when there's hope, Hope doesn't disappoint, especially when your hope rests in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, right? And it's, it, he continues to be our hope. And that hope is shed abroad in us by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, okay? And so we are absolutely, uh, the incorruptible inheritance keeps showing us that we have the hope that the Holy Spirit keeps showing us Continually, because the Holy Spirit is alive and well in us, okay? However, we have the flesh in our lives, right? We're never going to lose that icky flesh, okay, until we see Jesus face to face. And so the flesh is here, and our Holy Spirit, our hope is here, okay? This is the good dog in our life, and this is the what? Bad dog. dog. And what happens, Linda? Whatever dog you what? Which one you feed? Wins. Whichever dog you feed wins. Okay? And you wonder why at times that you're, you know, why am I not doing what I should be doing, like Paul says? It's because you're feeding the flesh instead of feeding the Holy Spirit. All you need to do is confess, call it what it is, repent, turn from it, and guess what? Holy Spirit starts growing up in you again. Right? Because He's your hope. You're sealed to the day of redemption with the Holy Spirit. How sweet is that? How sweet is that? He's always our hope. When you say, I don't have any hope, you're lying. Because he is your hope. He is absolutely your, your hope. He is, in, he is our incorruptible inheritance inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, lives in me. That's hope. That's hope, right? Are you kidding me? Sometimes I just lay in bed and I think, are you serious, Lord? I mean, the same, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. My finite mind cannot even get around that. That he lives in me, and that's who he is. 
And that, and he keeps shedding abroad to us who he is, and that gives you hope, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what it is, because he's incorruptible inheritance right now, right now, that keeps us for that day of salvation when Jesus Christ will be revealed. Heavenly Father, I, I just thank you that, that through the love that you absolutely poured out in our hearts, that, that we can be in right standing before you, Lord, and that the depth of that love is how you have given us the Holy Spirit, Jesus, who is God in us. And he continues to reveal that love to us. And so, Lord, may we walk in that truth and may we walk in that hope right now as we experience that with you, Jesus. And we praise you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Romans 5, we're still in 5. Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, died for the ungodly. Yep, 6 through 8. For a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay. What is the inheritance here? Once again, what is inheritance? What's our identity? Righteousness, right? Because we are ungodly, what, sinners, right? That he gave his son to die for us, okay? So, so he imputes then, right, that righteousness on us, even though we're ungodly sinners, okay? Once again, it's back to, he brings it up time and time and time again, that we do not deserve this, do we? We do not deserve this incorruptible inheritance. We are wicked. We are ungodly sinners. We don't deserve this. But God, my two favorite words, right? But God. He said, no, I love you. I love you. And I, here's my son. Here's my son. He demonstrated my love for you, his love for you, while you were yet sinners, died for you. There it is. There it is. Undeserving. But he did it for us because of his love for us. Okay? All right. Romans 6, four. Go to Romans 6.4. We were therefore buried with him, with Jesus, through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new what? A new life. Okay. What does that say? What's, what's, our, what's our inheritance in Christ? Life. Life. Excellent. That we live not only just our physical life, but we live a new life, right? We live a new life, right? Remember, born twice, you die what? Once. Born once, you die what? Twice, okay? Right? If you're born once, physically, you're going to die twice. You're going to die physically, and you're going to die spiritually. If you're born twice, you're born physically, and you're born again spiritually. You've come to know Jesus as your Savior, then you only die once, and that's physically. Or maybe you'll be like Enoch and be raptured, and then you won't die at all. So we have the incorruptible life in us, okay? Right now, we have his life in us, and for all of eternity, we have life. We have life. Because he is our life, okay? So get excited about this, all right? Because we, Romans 6, 5. I actually read 5 through 8. Okay. <laughs> For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Did you hang on to that? What is our inheritance then? What has happened there? We've got our old self. That's what? Crucified. We're free from sin. Okay, does that mean that we're never going to sin again? No. No, because we have our flesh in us, right? Okay, until we see Jesus face to face. But we're free from sin by what he has done for us on the cross. Past, present, and future sin. Gone. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. 
Now my soul is free, now my heart's a song. Got yours, that's Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I will live eternally, praise God. You guys know this? My sins are G-O-N-E gone. You don't know that song? Oh my goodness. We used to sing that all the time because they're gone. You're free. Okay? And as we're learning to walk in the Holy Spirit, which is our incorruptible inheritance, okay, he continues to make us holy, more set apart, more peculiar, more like Jesus, less like our putrid self, right? And so this day in 2011, I am more like Christ than I was this day in 2010. Can you say that? Amen. Amen. Right? If you can't say that, you're going in the wrong direction. (laughs) You're going in the wrong direction. Right? And you need to confess, call it the same as, repent, turn, and follow him. Right? Don't just wallow in it because you have your incorruptible inheritance. You guys, don't waste your incorruptible inheritance here. Don't waste it. You have all of this already. Are Are you understanding this? We have this already in Christ. This is who he is in us and to us and through us. Don't waste it. Don't live as the world lives. Right? Live in this new hope, in this new freedom, in this righteousness, in this justification. Rescued, loved, right? All of our inheritance. Live like that, okay? Let's go to the next one. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. I love this one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Okay, there it is. Once again, right? Therefore, if anyone is what? In Christ. Christ. Not walking along with them, not doing the balance act, not trying to be good, right? But if we're in Christ, we are what? We're a new creation. Okay, the old is just waiting in the background to grab you. That's what it says, right? The old is just at the ready to grab you. What does it say? The old is what? Gone. Gone. The old is gone and the new has what? Come. Come. Okay. A lot of us live with the old biting at our butt. We do. A lot of us live as a new creation, but the old biting at our butt. That's not what it says. We are a new creation in Christ. When I came to Christ, okay, you guys, it was like, Blind to sight. Just like the guy who went from blind to sight, right? And they're like, what happened to you, right? And you got healed on the Sabbath. This shouldn't happen. He goes, I don't know. All I know is once I was blind, now I see. That's exactly with me. Man, I went from blind to sight. I went from old creation, new creation. I went from Margot Lance to Margot Lance new. Okay? I am telling you, it was old to new. It was just boom. I had a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Okay, that's what happens. And when we're living in that new creation, okay, I understand that our new creation has an old tent. I understand that. But that tent is the corruptible part. The new creation in us is incorruptible. It's our incorruptible inheritance that we live in, right? We don't have to live with the old tapes and the old, you know, DVDs and all this kind of stuff not being made into our iPods. You guys, we should be past that. We are new creations in Him, right? We have a new song that's in our heart, right? We don't live, you know, Becca's in track right now, okay? She's a junior at Lake Country Lutheran High School, all right? And she's in track, and they're training, all right? And, and it, when she's running a race... She's running the race to set her eyes on the prize, right? That's how you run the race, right? She's not running it looking like who's going to be coming, what's coming, right? She's not doing that. She's not looking for, you know, to fall. She's not looking to drop a baton. She's not looking to do anything. She's looking to run the race, okay? It's exactly how our race is as a new creation. We're to run that race to win the prize. Don't look around. Don't look at the stuff. Don't look at how you used to be. Don't look at you know what the world says. Don't look at what they call what what's good and pretty and this and that. You guys, it's all for naught. It's all for naught. Look at Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
right? That's who he is because he, he made us new. Just like that. Just like that we're new. Now, as we are new, then we need to start what? Our walk with him, right? Then we need to start our walk with him. Then we're walking with him. Then we want to become more like him. That's the sanctification part. That's becoming more and more like him. Okay? And so, as you're becoming more and more like him, there are times you're going to trip up. Okay? That doesn't mean you're not new anymore. And the evil one would like to just come and sit on your shoulder and go, you're never going to be able to. You can't. You know what? You really messed up. I thought you were a new creation. You stink. You really, right? And guess who he is? One of his his names is the accuser. The accuser. And he sits there and he tells you, you can't, you won't, you'll never, this, this. And you must absolutely rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ because you are a new creation in him. The old is gone. And that really upsets good old toothless lion. It upsets him. But the old is gone and the new has come. And we need to live in that because it's our incorruptible inheritance in Christ, right? That's who we are right this moment. An incorruptible inheritance that is a new creation in Christ. Oh, there might be some, you know, you know, little limps along the way, little this, this. But we are new in Christ Jesus, right? Right? Can I hear an amen? In that? Oh, I mean, that's who we are. That's who we are. All right. Now I want you to go to this next one. All right, um, Ephesians two six and seven. Oh, this is powerful. Ephesians two six and seven, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Okay, did you hear what He just said? And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Okay, where are we seated right now? Right here at the Y? (laughs) Physically? Physically, we're right here at the Y, right? Little BSLs sitting right here at the Y, and the Lord's like, there they are, there's my ladies, yep, there they are, I love them to pieces. But where are we seated spiritually? We are already there. We are seated with Christ because we're in Christ. Right? We are seated in the heavenly realms. God already sees us as there. It's just that he's waiting for his appointed time because Psalm 139 says every day has been ordained for us before one of them has come to be. Every day has been ordained for us before one of them has come to be. That's how Jill Briscoe gets on plane trip after plane trip. She's 76, 77 years old, and she continues to get on plane trip after plane trip because she was scared to death of flying before. She'd be a white-knuckle flyer. And and Stuart would say, are you going to not believe what the Word of God says here in Psalm 139? Are you going to say he's going to be one minute too late, one minute early for you before he calls you home? Or are you going to agree that every day is ordained before one of them has come to be? Oh, never mind. (laughs) Never mind, Stu. (laughs) Right? I mean, praise God. Right? We are, however, spiritually, he sees us as seated there already because of what Jesus Christ did for us and what we did as we accepted him. We are seated there already. Okay? Now, because we are seated there already, that's our incorruptible inheritance. Right? Right now. We are seated in the heavenlies. Okay? And so even though we are physically here, he sees us as there because of what we have done with his son. Right? He's going to say to us one day, you know, what on earth were you doing, Margot? What on my earth were you doing? What did you do with my son? That's the only thing that's ever going to ever going to matter is what did you do with my son because he gave his all he gave his all for us and he sees us already seated in the heavenlies God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms do you realize when he did that when Jesus was raised up from the dead 
Okay? He seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You know why? He tells us. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Grace. Undeserved favor. God's riches at Christ's expense. Right? Undeserved favor. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Just that is enough. Isn't it? That's enough. That's absolutely enough. Our incorruptible inheritance in Christ. We're already seated there with him. And we are just waiting until the day where his fullness of time matches our ready heart. And then we're gone. And then we're gone. Either he comes to get us or he takes us home. Right? And we're gone. And as my mom used to say, oh, that will be glory for me. Right? And we're gone. Seated already with him. That is our inheritance. And so we continue to walk knowing that we're already seated there. And that gives us hope. That gives us, you know, this incredible purpose of of not living with cheap grace. Of not living with, oh, yeah, well, thanks, you know. Yeah, God, you know, you're up there somewhere in... Up there somewhere in the heavenlies, and you know, Jesus, well, you're back there somewhere in history, I know that, and the Holy Spirit, woo, that's weird, right? It's not that at all. It's who He is. And all of these verses that we have been reading tonight are already what Peter said in 1 Peter that this is our incorruptible, imperishable, will not fade inheritance right now for us. Right now for us. I mean, this should be wallpaper all over our rooms. We should wake up every morning saying these continually. Because this is who you are in Christ. You know, you may feel this way, but guess what? Your faith says this. So what are you going to walk by? You're going to walk by your feelings? You're going to walk by your faith? I choose faith. My feelings are going to trip me up every time. Every time my feelings are going to trip me up. I mean every time. I mean, you know what, you guys, it doesn't matter how far along you are in your walk with Christ, okay? It, because how we are made, and especially as women, we are made relationally and feeling-wise, and my passion is to have women walk in the joy, inexpressible joy, right now here on this earth because if you walk by your feelings you are sunk you are absolutely sunk I am telling you Brian was getting ready you know, to leave uh, this week uh, uh, you know three or four different things you know of course went askew with the house kind of thing just like different house stuff right uh, you know the car this I mean all all these little like ding 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 kind of things these little you know little little world fallen world kind of stuff, right? And I am telling you, I woke up one morning and I didn't get immediately, usually I wake up every morning and I say, Lord, you know what? I have never been more loved by you than I am right at this minute. I am so loved by you. Just laying here, I am so loved by you. Oh, I love you, Lord. I want to do what you bless today. And then I'm praying and you know, start the day with him and getting his word and everything. I'm telling you, just jumped up. Just jumped up and this, this, and had to get going, had to do this, had to do this. And by about 10.30, I'm having a pity party that was bigger than this room. I am just like, and I don't have this, and nobody appreciates me, and my husband doesn't, and he just leaves the wash out and expects me to do it, doesn't even ask about it. I am going through every single feeling thing possible. Ever been there? Ever been there? Oh, I mean, I had, I could have written a list. And then the kids, this, and then I have to, there's track, but then she's got cheerleading, and I have to go this. What do they think? I'm some little maid, slave, servant. What, I mean, I am going through all the gig. And as I am pontificating away, I shut up for just a second. And the Holy Spirit said, Really, Margo? I mean, it was just like, Really? That's why. You're walking like this? Really? What about the grateful heart? What about who you are in Christ? What about me in you that gives you the power to walk through this stuff? What about this? And it was just like, 
I am an idiot. I am, but you know, what's so sweet is, is when you just surrender, right? In acceptance that there's peace, right? Where you just surrender. Because if you keep going on, he'll keep going after you. But then he has to shout a little louder in your trials, right? He's like, Margo, look up at me. Look up at me, Margo. Margo! Right? And that eternal thumb pressure. And I thought, oh, Lord. And immediately, I said, no, please forgive me for this. Thank you that I have legs that I can walk. That we have money to be able to do laundry. That Brian has a job. That he's able to go and do this. Thank you, Lord, that my kids actually can run and do track. That they're in a school that loves you. I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Spirit just went, Margo, and it was just this beautiful wake-up call. Just this beautiful way. And I'm just like, oh, God, please forgive me. Look at who I am in Christ. And it's funny, because I'm studying who I am in Christ, right? This is who I am. And then I puke out who I can be. There's a difference. Who you already are in Christ. Or who you can be. I don't want to be who I can be. Because that is pretty ugly. It's pretty rotten. I'm pretty much of a jerk. If I'm not in Jesus. Now he never leaves me. Because I am sealed. But it's pretty easy for me to scoot down the bench away from him. And thankfully he's always doing this. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's do it over. Come on. Do over. Nothing better than a do over. Restart. Reboot. That's it. Wipe the slate clean. Right? Confess. Call it. Oh God. Please forgive me. Oh I'm so self-centered. Oh God. I'm so selfish God. Forgive me. I want to be selfless. Change my heart. Change my heart. Oh God. And the best thing is, then you run to your kids and you tell them what a jerk you are. And they go, oh, that's right, Mom. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Honey, you know what? I was impatient with you this morning. I was thinking of all my to-do. Please forgive me. Oh, sure. Nothing better. Nothing better. So forgiven. So forgiven. So even when you trip up, you're still walking in the incorruptible inheritance of who you are in Christ. No one and nothing can take that from you. Because that's who you are. It's just if you want to continue to walk on the feelings or if you want to walk on, this is truth, this is my faith, and I know that I know. Total different day total different day. Thank you, Lord. It was only until 10 o'clock something and not 4 o'clock something. Right? Because I would have missed out on everything that he had for me that day. Because he would have had to continue to keep pulling me back. Pulling me back. Right? Now next week we are going to learn how we walk through trials. Okay? How we walk through trials. He says in First Peter, trials come along for purposes, as well as what? As well as grieving those trials, right? How we learned that? Okay? So we learned how to, we're going to walk through those trials, and we're going to learn um, in the next section in First Peter how, how to continue to know that the prophets, that, that the Bible is the complete revelation of God. There's no more revelation of God going on. It's a complete revelation. The prophets in the Old Testament... And the apostles in the New Testament, okay? And the New Testament reveals the Old Testament, okay? And so I know, I know people are like, oh, you know, I'm just a New Testament kind of girl. Well, you know what? You wouldn't have the New Testament without the Old. Did you know that? What I love is that not only is it the Scripture, but, you know, we aren't reading Scripture to become more knowledgeable, which means we're smarter sinners then. 
Okay? We're not here to become smarter sinners. We're here to be changed before a living God, right? With application, with application over and over again. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We know that, uh, that you, uh, you have... You're amazing, Lord. You just, you just are amazing, Lord, in how you continue to, to um, love us in spite of ourselves. And thank you for making us into new creations. And that the old is gone and the new has come. Help us to walk just in that new. Lord, help us to just hold on. Hold on to you, Lord, and, and that faith that is unswerving instead of our feelings. Lord, I praise you. I thank you that we have this incorruptible inheritance in you right now. Right now. And we just we just skimmed who we are in you. Lord, there's like another 50, 60 verses who we are in you. That incorruptible inheritance. It, it, and that is just enough, God. To know that you died for us and that you live for us that we're seated in the heavenlies with you. You're interceding for us right now. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that once again, it is from you and to you and through you are all things. Jesus, thank you for speaking your word to us that doesn't return void. You promised that. doesn't return void. Holy Spirit, take it in particular to each of our hearts and change our hearts. Search us and try us and see if there be any wicked way in us, Lord, and and just allow us to become more and more like you until we see you face to face. And so, Lord, as we walk through this darkness in in this earth, Lord, may our light that is you just beam so that people will say, what is it about you? Why are you so bright? What is the joy about? What's the deal? And we can point them to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, Lord, he is our hope. He is our salvation. And he is our glory. And so, Jesus, thank you. 